0: hey we're just about to jump into the episode but before we do did you know we have a junior friendly discord community it's completely free to join if you want to join us the link is in the description we'd love to have you all right enjoy the episode welcome back to another podcast episode where we help aspiring developers get jobs and junior developers grow today we're going to be doing a review episode on career foundry now, unless I screwed it up, I could not find this on course reports. So I was trying to dig for some reviews, but thankfully we have three graduates from Career Foundry that are going to tell us about their experiences. And like normal, we're going to go ahead and start with our intros. So Nicole, uh, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: I'm Nicole Villa. I'm a graduate of Career Foundry. And right now, I decided to take the time off because of COVID to specialize into blockchain. And so I've been doing independent freelancing, working on my YouTube channel, and created a social token on Ethereum.
0: Wow. What's your YouTube channel?
1: It's it's under my name, Nicole Villa, N-I-C-O-L-E-V-I-L-L-A.
0: What do you talk about on it?
1: Right now, it's a mix of coding tutorials, business, and blockchain.
0: A lot of topics. Interesting. Okay, excited to see how that works. Um, I have one more question for you because I keep asking a bunch. Where did you come from before you went into the coding boot camp? Like, what industry?
1: I I actually was hopping through low paid jobs, and I was going to school for accounting. And I realized that the accounting degree was really expensive. But if blockchain's accounting, a new type of accounting, and uh, the old type of accounting is going to go away, I left school for that. So I wasn't technically in a career. I was just making sure that I was in jobs, like I was in food service. And then I did, you know, security dispatching. And the security dispatching was, we were a data warehouse as well. So I was... I didn't realize that I was exposed to cybersecurity because of that job. And then the mix with, you know, me going to school for accounting to try to, you know, actually have a career. So when I met blockchain, that's the reason I left school in 2016. So I didn't really have a career.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I guess you would still call it a career. I don't know. I guess do careers have to be like very linear?
1: Um, I, I, consider a career like something that you worked in like at least one or two years and I didn't okay. really do that.
0: Fair enough. All right. Well, thanks for sharing. Uh, for me, I was a software engineer for a few years, three different companies. And then I quit my company to start my own company, helping software engineers grow. And that's pretty much what I do full time now. And that's it. Pretty boring. I keep repeating it and it, it just sounds more boring the more I talk about it. But Hunter, I want to hear about you. Tell me about you.
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I, went to college for accounting as well. <laughs> um, and I, so you have to sit for the CPA exam, which you have to get 150 credits for. Um, so then I did my extra 30 credits, which usually undergrads, 120, so you need an extra 30 to sit for the exam. And I did CIS, uh, which kind of gave me like a exposure to, to programming. Um, and then I actually worked for the university. I graduated from um, doing PeopleSoft. I'm sure you guys have never heard of it. Uh, it's a Oracle product, um, kind of a, a CRM. So, you know, the managing a ton of customers and, and an institution-style uh, CRM. So you're trying to, you know, have financial aid as considerations and, um, you know, this proprietary coding language called People Code. Uh, but it came out that Oracle is saying, okay, we're not going to support this in 10 years. And I was like, well, this is my whole skill set right now. So I need to branch out. Um, so yeah, then I decided to do a Career Foundry, uh, the web development bootcamp, um, just to kind of get on the cutting edge and move away from something that's being phased
0: out. So, uh, okay. Yeah. How's the job search going?
2: Uh, it, it went well. well yeah i i found a job in august um so yeah i, I finished off the course in july uh with the whole like job prep section of the career foundry um curriculum and yeah i found a found a job in august and started in late september
0: okay really cool congrats that's awesome thanks uh, yeah how about you? Is it a uh, Teresa? Yes. How about you?
3: Yeah. Well, I have a pretty crazy story. Um, I'm an opera singer turned developer. So I was out on the East coast for about 12 years attempting a career in opera performance, which is tough. <laughs> so I worked about like 10 different side jobs trying to make the bills meet uh, or the, my ends meet and um, just was not being fulfilled and, and was just drowning in debt and knew I needed to make some sort of a change. Um so I was working as an administrative assistant at a university out in Connecticut and they had me um manage their website even though they didn't give me any instructions. They just kind of gave me their their CMS and was like, okay, we want it to look like this, have at it, best of luck. <laughs> and so um it kind of just piqued my interest in development then and I kept researching it and I would do like some different prep boot camps to see if it was a good fit. And yeah, long story short, I ended up enrolling with Crew Foundry. Um, I graduated in October and, and and still in the job hunt. Um, yeah.
0: Very cool. Wow. So you definitely got exposure to actual work that provided people value as a developer early?
3: A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Brushed brushes the surface, but it definitely piqued my interest.
0: Okay. So that was the moment that you yeah. decided. Interesting. All right. Very yeah. cool. Well, I like hearing about different backgrounds um, and also people bug me that I need to ask this question more. So thanks for sharing. Um, OK, let's dive into it. What do you think of the application process?
3: I thought it was pretty straightforward. Um, I, th- I think the biggest challenge for me was was picking which boot camp because there's just so many. Um, uh, the selling point for me was because it was a flex plan and I was still working at the time. Um, and I knew it was the flex plan. Uh, it was that you could do it on your own timeline. So you didn't have any deadlines. You didn't have to finish it by, well, you did, but it was a long, long time that they give you. Um, but I knew I was going to be moving at the same time too. And this was pre pandemic. So I was considering doing in-person boot camps, Um, but I think with the flex and total virtual and kind of the price range and reviews and stuff led me to this one.
0: Okay. Was it pretty similar for you two?
2: Yeah. So the, uh, yeah, they, I like that they had the different plans for sure. Um, and I, I don't know who you, Nicole and Teresa were talking with, but I, there was a guy Derek that I was talking to about, you know, different payment plans. And he like came up with like, oh, if you pay a lump sum now or within the next two weeks, you can get this percentage off. So it was like, yeah, it looks good to me. Um, but in terms of picking the bootcamp, it was more of what was the cheapest one that offered the most value and had a job guarantee. Those were kind of my three criteria there. Um, because yeah, I mean, in the end you, you want to have a bootcamp that holds their value accountable or their, their offering accountable. So, um, I, I thought, you know, I, I was like looking at the other Boot camps and they were averaging over ten thousand and career Foundry was the only one that was like maybe you know in a lump sum was around five or six something like that I don't quite remember the exact amount but um, you know it was equitable and it had the job guarantee and it was I, I I did see some reports and people were pretty happy with it so I was
0: like yeah let's try this one okay.
1: Yeah, it was about the same for me as well. I saw that they had the job guarantee and also a lot of other boot camps. I had considered a boot camp as early as 2017 and it was, you know, 10,000 back then. And then when I wanted to go into it, um, I had, I had just left school and I had a settlement from an accident and I was kind of like, do I want to spend a 10,000? And Later I had found out a lot of these boot camps, they don't create their own curriculum. They use a lot of free resources. They only pay for the teachers. And the quality of it's not that good because I went to a hackathon in Puerto Rico and my team actually won. And I started going to a hackathon, not a hackathon, sorry, a boot camp there. And the thing was is that they were doing this. And I didn't realize that it was so common. And that's the what the boot camp in Wisconsin actually was doing was, was that a lot I actually found out because like, I went to hackathons, I went to community and code meetups first, because I wanted to be really sure that, you know, if I'm going to make a career out of this, I want to make sure that like, I'm spending my money in the right place. And so I had started self teaching for eight months, and it was becoming difficult, because it doesn't seem like there's a big community for self-taught developers and I felt really isolated and career foundry actually like when I had started it you know they had the community you know the slack channel they had the you know the career guarantee and it didn't seem like they were just being shoddy with their curriculum they actually have a really nice platform so in hindsight, when I was going through the struggle of trying to find the right boot camp, I see that like you know Career Foundry actually does stick out and with the payment plans. And a part of my problem was that I felt stupid because a lot of there's other boot camps, but they require you to be a certain level of developer and they're very strict about how you get in. Like Flat Iron, you you have to have a certain level. I was I wasn't uh, up to par for you know. Flatiron. I wasn't up to par for some of these other ones. Like they're really, the other ones are really good, but they're also really expensive. So that's where I was at.
0: Okay. It's interesting. So I asked how the application process was going and everyone told me why they, they talked about it a little bit, but they told me why they chose this coding bootcamp. And I liked that more. I think I might actually change the way I do these episodes. Cause I think people want to know why you picked that coding bootcamp. It's a really interesting question. So first of all, thank you for that. Um, Secondly, it sounds like, okay, so it is a cheaper coding bootcamp and it sounds like they had multiple plans. Do you feel like they were very honest in terms of what it would cost? Okay. So I had one more question and I completely forgot. I've been doing recordings all day, but that's okay. I'm going to skip it. So it sounds like career foundry, um, made, Oh yeah, yeah. I remember now. So it sounds like it was very accessible and they didn't have a high, higher standard of getting in. Do you feel like, um, do you feel like everyone was on the same level when they went into the curriculum or was it like siloed where you were just doing the content? You weren't working with other people, or if you were working with other people, were you kind of at the same skill levels?
3: Do you want to? Go? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you'd work on your own unless you want to get like hook up with a buddy on Slack and, and do things together that way. Um, I just worked on my own. So I had no idea kind of what other levels people were at.
0: Okay. So it's a self paced program. Yeah. And they they really lean on that. Interesting. Okay. I think that was my main question. Sorry, Nicole, did you have something to say?
1: I was basically going to say the same thing, but like I had a, you know, I had been self-teaching for eight months that I think a lot of people come from a lot of different backgrounds and you don't know where somebody's at because like, even though I had been self-teaching for eight months, there were people who knew more than me and they were able to knock out certain parts easier. And I'm just kind of like, whoa, I'm like, yes, I get it that I'm able to do front end better, but like, yeah, everybody was at a different pace and it's kind of like even though there's a low barrier entry it's good because the program's long enough versus a 3 month where and that was the part like where I was really glad you know when I started researching these boot camps you if you're self paced and you have a short boot camp there's no way you're usually going to they I don't think they could offer a job guarantee if their boot camp was shorter because you know these boot camps are chugging out three-month students, zero to proficient, and they're hiding the reviews. And as far as I know, Career Foundry hasn't been really doing that. So,
0: So, okay, so it's self-paced. The content's already created. You don't really have instructors, right? Or do you?
3: You have a mentor and a tutor throughout the whole process. Interesting.
0: Interesting. I like that. I don't... Hmm. That, yeah, that's really interesting. Okay, so I see why it's so cheap. I see where they cut the expenses. Um, that makes sense to me. I'm kind of curious what they teach. Okay, I think we're ready for it. Let's dive into the curriculum. What did they actually teach you?
2: Uh, so I think it's like most other boot camps, or at least the ones when I was watching your videos. You know, They start out with HTML, CSS... And they actually break that whole HTML CSS section into like a separate curriculum. So your first month you're in the intro to front end and you're learning HTML CSS and you're making your own website from that, like your own portfolio website, um, just strictly out of that. So I I think it helped that first month you're just learning CSS and HTML. Um, at least I I did the, the eight month program. I don't know what, uh, You two did, but, um, yeah, my my first month was just that. And then the second month is the full stack immersion, which is then you're learning, you know, React, Angular, JavaScript, um, and then a ton of backend as well, like MongoDB, Firebase. um, Trying to remember, like, you know, Express, Node, something like that. Um, And that's like, you know, the seven month you're in it for the long haul, like learning... Uh, You're having to uh, submit assignments every week. And what I really liked about Career Foundry is like right when you log in, right on the landing page, it's like, bam, this is how much time you have left. And this is where you are. And I really like that part because like you always want to make sure you're a little bit ahead of like how much time you had left uh, in terms of how much you had completed at that point. Um, So, yeah, it's just like all about milestones and uh, making sure you're staying ahead of the amount of time you had left.
0: Okay. If I was younger, I don't think I'd have that mindset. I think I would be less than what I needed to be like right below. <laughs> do they, so do you, Are okay. They probably, they have to cap you, right? Of like how long you actually have to complete it. Okay. Um. Okay. So you have to, do they, do they like reach out to you if you're falling behind? I don't know if anyone's falling behind if they want to talk about this, but like, do they reach out to you and try to get you going a little bit faster?
3: Well, I think it depends on the mentor you had. Um, mine I met with after I finished every achievement and then we'd kind of go over like where I was in the timeline and how I was doing. And, um, I don't know. What do you guys have to say about that?
2: I mean, I'm yeah. oh, sorry go ahead, Nicole.
1: Yeah, I would agree that it depends on the mentor. And I actually had a switch mentors, um, twice, twice. I, I had no problems with the tutors. I actually really liked my tutors, but I would say that that's one thing is that like, maybe like, so for me, I'll give full disclosure. I was working on my business at the same time. I wouldn't rec I wouldn't recommend it because you have competing priorities. Like if I need to do something with, you know, legal or whatever, like it's like the business tells me what to do. I, um, So I was, I was able to buy extensions and that's helpful, but also it depends because when I found out that I was having the issues with the tutors that I had the career prep coach reach out to me and he was just like, Oh yeah. Like I found out that a lot of the mentors and tutors, they, they aren't employees of career foundry. So they're hiring contractors online. I'm not saying that they don't have, um, they have talented they have talented mentors and tutors. I was I will say that compared to other boot camps that, like the one I did in Puerto Rico or some of the other ones where um, they have they have more issues. I would say that like they're 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 good about that. But I had some issues and I had to switch out you know mentors. Um, I forgot what I was getting at, but I was uh, I think that was it. Yeah, that's on. good.
0: Yeah, I think that's really good. Do you? We, let's dive into it. I'm kind of curious if you want to share the reason why you had to do that. But one thing, um, you're right, business dictates everything. I haven't coded in like two months, because I'm just business dictates, you know, what you need to do. So I completely mm-hmm. understand that. Um Okay. So you have a mentor that helps you. So you have a self-paced curriculum that you study online. You have a mentor that helps you, um, that checks in after you achieve something, after you complete something, if you are stuck technically, if you need somebody to dive into the code with you, are they technically proficient to be able to do that?
3: Yes. The tutors are, yeah.
0: But not the mentors.
3: Well, the mentors are too, but you would go to the tutors first to get help on like any technical issues that you're having. Um, if for some reason you need even more help, you could always contact your mentor if you needed to, but the tutors were usually the ones to help with that.
0: Okay. Gotcha. What do you think of the actual curriculum?
3: I mean, I haven't done another bootcamp, so it's hard to kind of compare. Um, it goes over so much and, uh, I would, I would say, how do I say this? Um, I, I feel like you couldn't, and I've heard this on, on one of your other uh, interviews, but you can't like graduate and just be done and ready. Like it's just the beginning of your learning process. And like, you won't go through the program and have a complete thorough understanding on every single language that they talk about. You have to like continue your your progress through that. I think they laid it out really well. And I really liked how, every achievement was like something you could add to your portfolio, like another app or another site. It really set us up. Well, I think, um, yeah.
0: Okay. So when you say, because I've I've talked about this many times when you say you're, you you can not graduate and then be ready just like that, be ready for what?
3: A a job, like a full-time developer job. I think it, it, Unless you can really take your time throughout the whole program and keep learning on the side and keep you know researching what you really don't understand and really haven't comprehended fully, um, at least for me, by the time I finished the program, I just I had to keep learning and keep like researching things that I, I realized I didn't have a really thorough knowledge on, and that that's not necessarily the the program's fault. Maybe I just didn't take enough time during it. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you agree?
0: I'm curious.
2: Um, Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the the curriculum was fast. It was like, it went over a lot. Um, And, you know, I I would try to ask the tutor, you know, I don't quite understand this part. And, you know, he'd go and research it. And then like, sometimes I'd never hear back, but he'd always uh, approve the program. It was just like those kind of finer details where they, they kind of like would lay out what It was like copy and paste. A lot of it was, you know, here's the code, put it in your app and, and here it runs, boom, you are like, well, I don't really understand how that works or why that works that way. Um, so then I, I think that's where, uh, people really stood out is when they went and researched, like Teresa said, like they, okay, I don't know what's going on here. And it's going to take my tutor a while to, to help me. And I'm on a deadline. You know, I don't want to, you know, get more extensions or whatever. So it, it, yeah, there was a lot of times where they didn't really explain it. They just said, here's the code, put it in, you're done. And you you have your app and like, you should feel good about that. And a lot of times I walked away not feeling great about it. So, um, but in, in terms of the curriculum, I think that was the original question, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I thought the React part was really, really good. Um, they spent the majority of the course on React. Um, honestly, I feel like they could have cut out all of the Angular in, in Vue. Oh. I, I can understand why they had it in there. They just want to be like, hey, we're going to throw another framework at you, make it work. Um, you know, I'm sure it, and that somewhat parallels your job. Like, hey, here's another framework, figure it out. Um, and they're just trying to get you ready for that. But it also to me it felt like a waste of time when it's like react is the framework the, the web UI framework right now. And, um, the at least the most popular and with so much, so limited time, you should only be focusing on what's the most employable or the most sought after by employers. So I, I thought they did a good job of react, 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 like the last four milestones were all react and, you know, making sure your app, your react app worked with Firebase or MongoDB or, things like that. And I, I just fell in love with react. And I was like, and that in career foundry, I wouldn't have done that without it. So, um, yeah, it's really hard to navigate the web as a self-taught. I, I think what career foundry did the most for me with the curriculum was give me a roadmap. Like, what, what is this? What is good right now? What is hot? What is going to get me a job? Um, I, I don't know. Career foundry does, <laughs> you know, that, that that's, that's the feeling I got. So, um, I, I kind of put my faith in that, they were teaching me all the stuff. That's, that's um, what employers are looking for. And I just dedicated my time to that. Um, Whenever they didn't explain something well enough or, you know, I was like, okay, I need to figure this out because this is important. So um, curriculum was good. I I thought just a lot of the, just like the slight copy and paste parts were kind of got me thrown off and not feeling too solid and confident. So.
0: Okay. Um, okay, I, I have thoughts. Um, Nicole, before I do though, um, similar experience or do you have anything to add to that?
1: Yeah, I would say that um, I have a different um, opinion on this. I mean, I, not really. I have the same opinion, but a different view is what I meant because I was working on an education project in cryptocurrency before I started this. So when I left school, I didn't expect to get funding for a project. And it was nice because I had two developers in Chicago uh, working on the MVP, the minimum viable product. And then I was self-teaching because I'm kind of like, you know, crypto winter, um, Facebook and Google were suppressing, you know, advertising for cryptocurrency. So I was kind of like, am I going to continue with this idea? And so having a little bit of, you know, focus on education with the program, I was probably able to articulate where I was struggling, why, but I didn't know the full why. I was kind of like, I think this is the problem. And they're kind of like, yes. So uh, in the program, when I realized that I was uh, accruing technical debt, I think I was accruing technical debt on Node. Node is where I struggled. And when I realized that the modules of, because I was overlooking the curriculum and I was kind of like, you know, something that's at the end of the bootcamp should actually be further up because I was also struggling on GitHub. I was struggling on GitHub really bad. And I feel like they should have gone over GitHub more in the beginning. They should have uh, laid the foundations of some some modules. It's not that they didn't cover them. That That's not it at all. I just think a lot of things that were in, you know, module four could have been moved up because I was what was it they should have moved the advanced um acma script six up like because they had advanced javascript at the end but if we did javascript in the beginning move that up otherwise the curriculum was really good i just felt that i felt strongly that they should have they probably should have removed angular and some other things because it felt like we were just rushing through it and um yeah, otherwise I would say it's still a really good curriculum.
0: Okay. Uh I'm just processing. Okay, so let's go back to your original question, Teresa. Um it wasn't a question, it was almost a statement that you made that you feel like or that you got out of my podcast that um a coding bootcamp could not prepare you for a job. You weren't job ready. Once you graduated, you had to continue to supplement. So this isn't anything against you or anyone else. And it's more, um, this really challenges the coding bootcamp to deliver on this. It is 100% possible for a coding bootcamp to have you job ready, 100% possible. And so if you feel like you've had to supplement, and you know some of the things you're sharing, and I'm, I'm going to go into more detail. But if you feel like you had a supplement, um, maybe that's something that the coding boot camp needs to take a closer look at. And you had mentioned it. Uh, this is the first coding boot camp where you learned React, Angular, and Vue. I would be really curious why they made that decision. If if you're learning different, if if you're trying to be more marketable, I think it's a waste of time. I think React is going to make you plenty marketable and you can get a job working with Vue or Angular with React knowledge. Just the fact that you learn the conventions or like why you, a framework even exists, you know, what benefits does it bring? What uh, challenges does it bring? Um, and I, I think you can learn that with a single framework. So if you feel like you're advancing through that and you feel like it's going too quickly and you're not like really retaining it or you felt like it was a waste of time, and um, even if you had like a a little bit of an inkling that you should just focus on React. You want to get stronger with it. I think you have the right idea there. And I question why the coding bootcamp does that. I think it's a bad idea. I don't know why they do that. So I'd be really curious to hear. So what that allows you to do is focus more on the fundamentals. It sounds like they're already really strong with React. Um, It sounds like Node might have been a challenging portion as well. Maybe they could have spent more time with Node. Um, Maybe they could have, like, I'm not sure why they ordered the way things the way they did with JavaScript. But maybe, Nicole, your suggestion is a really good one. But the part that really scares me is there's going to be no perfect curriculum. And it's a very hard thing for a coding bootcamp to deliver a curriculum where someone feels like they retained everything. That almost never happens. But what they should not be doing is when you come to them for that help, um, where they just deliver you this snippet of code. And say, put it in. It works without actually walking you through line by line if you really need that understanding. And it sounds like maybe some mentors do, maybe some don't. All of you had mentioned, it depends on the mentor. You hinted towards that several times. Um, So that worries me. And I think maybe that's a result of them having the tuition so low. And, you know, like I talked about it, I'm going to be releasing episode this Friday. I talked to CEO of NewCamp where his coding bootcamp is $2,000. And I challenged like, what are you like taking out of your coding bootcamp? You probably stripped everything. Um, and he he gave me a lot of really good insight into what's being stripped to be able to bring that tuition that low. So obviously with the tuition that low, any coding bootcamp, really you make trade-offs with what you can afford. Maybe uh, if, if, I'd be curious, like, you know, you're just three students. I'd be curious what other people's opinions are. But um, if you feel like you aren't job ready by the time you come out of that coding boot camp, um, maybe it's just a feeling. Maybe it's your own confidence. Um, but in my opinion, like, I don't know. I guess I'm going back and forth between this because it's, it's almost like a self-paced program with mentorship. It's only, or like a self-taught program with mentorship. You know, something like Team Treehouse is like has their courses, has their instructors and then like maybe tosses a mentor to help you weekly or something like that. So you, it's really interesting that they guarantee a job with a tuition this low. And Hunter, we're going to dive more into this. Um, you know what? Maybe this is the time to do it. You had brought me some links in some like really heavy requirements on that job guarantee, like the specific fine details of that. Do you want to go into that a little bit?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I know that this is a podcast, so you, screen sharing is not really going to help unless people are watching on your YouTube channel. But yeah, let's just you, know, you want to screen share it or or whatnot. We can go through it. Um, Do you want
0: to maybe talk well, about it? yeah let's spend just like five minutes talking about yeah sure um yeah here let me just uh pull it up on on my uh without oh yeah okay yeah because the audio there won't be any screen share so that's why i want to avoid it yeah gotcha
2: um so yeah just so i'm going to the terms and conditions for career foundry um and their condition 15 is satisfaction guarantee um and they have, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Probably about four or five pages worth of reading in terms of what you have to do to meet their job guarantee. Um, I can start going through the bullets if you'd like. Uh, give me, I
0: give me five, like okay. Um, yeah, let me just like look for some some good ones here. Yeah, because we're just winging it here. So we'll, we'll yeah. just see what comes up.
2: Yeah, so uh, Career Foundry guarantees its users that he or she will get a job in the field within six months of completion of the program. Um, otherwise, its users are to reclaim 100% of the respective course fee from Career Foundry. Uh, so that's our very first point. And then it says... Uh, See, users must respond to contact from their career specialist within 72 hours. Uh, users respond to employers and our job hosting is introduced individually to the user by the user's career specialist within 72 hours. So, you know, the, any job that your career specialist gives you, you have to apply to it, you know, whether it's, uh, it may not be even something you want to work in, which I, I didn't really appreciate Um User has to apply to at least five jobs per week during the job search period with supporting documentation serving as proof of application in the form of written applications tailored to the specific job postings, screenshots of exchanges and or email exchanges with employers. So every time I applied to a job, I had to have a tailored resume that I saved. Um, I had to save the job posting. I'd have to keep the email exchanges that I would have. I have to keep all those on file um
0: okay let's pause there um none of this so far sounds bad i don't like the idea that we're starting to get into like rough waters of what you have to accept as a position it should be aligned to becoming a developer if that's what you went to the coding boot camp As one concern i have do you i actually have a few questions for you um Mm -hmm. do you feel like you've read like all five pages and have like a kind of a summary of like what they're oh, yeah. expecting.
2: Okay. I, I didn't I didn't sign up for this course without reading that. So I There's knew going there. in that I was probably gonna kiss this course fee goodbye, you know, based on okay. that. Um so you know I was like I was hopeful I was like this is a job guarantee. I know they're gonna do everything they can to make sure I do get one, but I was never gonna like be holding and clinging on to that five or six grand that I
0: paid. Okay. All right. That's useful insight. All right. Let me ask a few questions. Um, what, like, what's the furthest type of job away from becoming a developer that you would be forced to accept? Um, yeah. Uh,
2: yes. Yeah, so, I mean, there, there was ones on their websites that they would always recommend, you know, things that aren't even in the U S because they are a Berlin based company. Um so i i they i don't think they ever actually forced me to apply to those but there was ones that were just like ui designer or you know stuff that's like html and css only and you're like dude i just learned react and you know all this back-end stuff and you want me to completely cut out all those skills and just uh work as a it wasn't even, it was just like a UX kind of stuff where you, you know, it's like, I didn't even learn any of this stuff. And, you know, it, it felt like there was a little bit of disconnect between the career specialist's idea of what job you're trying to look for and the job you're, you should be looking for with the skills that you're learning in the bootcamp. Um, okay. So I felt like there was a little bit of like um, maybe I, I thought the, the job specialist could have and or it was like your career, I can't remember the right term that they use, but they assigned you somebody in your job prep course that, you know, just kind of felt like they didn't know exactly what each program jobs requirements, like that these applicants should be looking for I'm trying to like word that. Right. But, um,
0: yeah. Nicole did. So, like, so. Did, just so I, I want to be conscientious of the time that we have left, uh, Nicole, right. did you have something to add to that?
1: Uh, Yeah, I would say that with the contractors, um, all of our mentors and tutors were, for me, they were in different time zones. And that was a difficulty was coordinating because my job prep person, I think he was based out of Italy or something. And, you know, this boot camps in Berlin. So if I send an email to the student advisors, it's going to be on a different time zone. I'm in, you know, Wisconsin, you know, Chicago time zone. And with um, I think when you were saying it was like the job's not being tailored, that's because they're not employees. They were I found out that they're contractors. And so it does remove a liability if um, one of these mentors or tutors does say or do something offensive. And that was kind of like my problem that I had screenshotted this stuff and I, I nipped it in the butt. I brought it on head on and I had a contest with my bank an extension that I had paid for that I need to get a refund for. But yeah, I would say that um, that's really the only bad thing I have to say. But because um, I was going to say about the curriculum wise too, is that when you have to drop the price, Career Foundry actually does a good job of keeping the value for the price, let me say that because in Puerto Rico, the the bootcamp that I had won at the hackathon was about fifteen hundred, and all the people graduating couldn't were not job ready. That was a big difference. Is because for that price, you're paying literally for the price of an instructor, and other students were desperate to work as a software developer, but they're in an area where. In the U.S., we have more opportunities because if you're from a different country, you're going to get lowballed per area, kind of like the issue with remote working right now. You know, if, I feel like we're like added- starting
0: to branch off on like a yeah. lot.
1: Oh, I can stop then.
0: Let's come back to this because I want to hear this um, just just so I can, like, refocus on, like, the actual terms that we're agreeing to. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll summarize this. This is good. So thank you. Um, OK, so. Like it, it seems like there's definitely kind of a discrepancy with um, how you how the interactions have gone with some mentors, right? Um, and I, I think that's really important to recognize. Now, would I, I? I just have a couple more questions as far as like this this job placement guarantee. Um, so it sounds like you have six months, or you get your refund. It sounds like you could accept a you like a UX or designer position, and if you don't, you don't get your refund, which disagree with that. That's uh, very, very misleading, especially if they're not advertising that, but they're advertising the job placement. That's sketchy. I don't like that, um, in my opinion. So what I would ask is, so you have to document everything. That makes sense. Screenshots. I agree with all that. I completely understand that. Now, um, do you have to, like, they probably have like a salary that you have to accept, right? Right.
2: Uh, no, I I think it's just, if they offer you a job and you say, no, then you lose the the guarantee.
0: So if they offer you a designer job for $40,000 a year, maybe when you're living in a big city like Chicago, you have to accept.
2: Yes. If you, if they get wind that you were offered a job and you denied it in the field of web development, uh, you know, that's actually a, a good point. I don't know if it's, even you know, in, the, in the, you know, they're saying if you have to get it in the field, I mean, you're hopefully applying to jobs that you want to get. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, if they, if they offer you something and you say no and career founder gets one of that, yeah, they will not give you your return.
0: So your, if they uh, offer you a $10,000 job, you have to accept it. <laughs> I mean, like I, you're I mean, starting to see the problem with this, right? Yeah. I mean,
2: I see the problem with it, uh, but I don't
3: know if anyone would really do that. I think that that depends on the career mentor then. I mean, I can't imagine having a career mentor who's like overseas because the job market is so different here. So that must've been so tough. I I was lucky to have one that was, you know, in in Oregon. So she kind of knew what to look for, but she never pressured anything on me that wasn't in my path. I mean, it was more of like a conversation be honest, she didn't really send me many job postings at all. I think there was only like one or two times she's like, you should reach out to this person. And it was fine. It just, I think it just depends on the mentor.
0: Okay. And so, yeah, it probably is on the mentor to hold you accountable for that. But if they don't have it in their terms of service with a minimum salary, like that's really sketchy because like if they are that confident, like if they pretty much have mentors where they feel confident that they're looking out for you, and they don't actually back that up because like if it's in the contract, that's what matters. Not what your mentor says or does, not how they act. It's what they actually promise. And that needs to be listed in their contract because if they take you to court for anything, um, they're going to win it. You know, like it, it doesn't matter how nice your mentor was. It doesn't matter um, how kind or what they they promise. Um, verbal agreements mean nothing, like almost nothing. So. It sounds like you have to hope for a good mentor. It sounds like you have to hope for a mentor that's not like just trying to pressure you into a position that's going to end up screwing you over. Um, that's important to recognize. So what I would encourage Career Foundry to do, and maybe this information is all inaccurate. I highly recommend staff to reach out to me and um, you know correct some of this if you feel like Wrong, but we're, it sounds like Hunter, you're just reading off to, off of their terms of service. Uh, this needs to be in the contract. Most coding boot camps will have a minimum salary that you have to accept in order to get like income shared agreements approved or refunds approved. Um, they need to step their game up with that. That's scary. And I think if you're going into this coding boot camp, my recommendation: don't expect your money back. That's like my big recommendation. Do not accept this coding boot camp. For that promise alone, I would not trust it, and that's that's my opinion. So, um, yeah,
2: yeah, and I'll just go a little bit further with that and just say that um, one more. Yeah, go ahead. You have to be physically located in a two hundred thousand population city and be, or be applying in, in a city that has over two hundred thousand people living there. Okay.
0: Um. Okay, so people can. I wonder if I want to link this. People can link their terms of service now. Keep in mind, I, I challenge this, but it, it's not like I don't have this vendetta against Career Foundry. And I think when I introduce like some of these challenges, students can be a little like they step back and they're like, "Whoa, I actually like my you know this is a good experience." I'm not saying it was a bad experience, but everyone should have a transparent vision of what. I'm gonna have to mute. Um, you didn't hear it at this really, really loud YouTube subscription alert that just went off in my ears, and I know people in the podcast are gonna hear it, so I'm gonna have to silence that. So, um, completely lost my train of thought. But, anyways, okay. So, what I'm doing is I I want to provide a a just a, a transparency, a window into exactly what they legally have to deliver on. And um, to me, like if I was going into it, I would not trust that at all. Like I would, I'd put that money aside, that money, like I'm gonna ex- not expect to get that back. Now, if you can do that, it sounds like it's pretty affordable. It sounds like as long as you get a good mentor and it sounds like they're willing to trade out mentors if you're not having a good experience, that, uh, you know, for the curriculum, uh, it sounds like the curriculum's longer than a lot of other coding boot camps, But um I would uh, I would be very careful about this job guarantee. I think you need to be, uh, hopefully I really, you know, delivered on this. Okay, so we talked about that. I want to dive into it a little bit. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I'm glad you brought it up, Hunter. I'm glad you messaged me about it. Um, I think, like, one of the final things before we dive into, like, how they helped you get a job is, like, you talked about mentors. You talked about them delivering different experiences. You talked about tutors being a little bit more technically proficient. So we don't have instructors. We're not going to talk about the instructors, but, um, like overall, like, what was your experience with the mentors? Let's, uh, let's summarize that.
2: Um, my mentor was great. Uh, um, I'm not sure if Teresa had Alexis or Nicole had Alexis, but, um, she was really good she was in the industry had been working for years with react and um you know she was brutally honest about um sorry oven's going off Uh, she was brutally honest about you know this sucks you need to fix this you know this you need to change that i mean i i'm pretty good at receiving constructive criticism if someone was not, I don't think they would have enjoyed this mentor very much, but I was, I was loving it. I was like, yeah, I need to, like, as soon as she says it and I see it and I was like, okay, I can see. Cause like you, she had an eye for UI, um, which I was really trying to improve on and just, you know, just being a good developer. And, you know, I, I thought it was great. She just like, she had a video so like, you did milestones. So you get five times where they would just like completely rip apart your project and tell you how to improve it from an industry expert. And I thought that was the most valuable thing about the career foundry offering was just those five hours, uh, that total five hours of her time talking through what needs to be improved from an industry expert. And um, I was like, yeah, there, that was the biggest value for me from the course that in the curriculum. But I had a great experience.
0: I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Nicole didn't. (laughs) Well, shout out to her. But go ahead, Nicole.
1: Okay. So we are talking about are the experience overall? I kind of forgot the question. That's okay. Experience
0: with uh, mentors, mentors and tutors. Mentors. Yeah.
1: Uh, it really depends. Um, like I said, I wouldn't recommend going through a boot camp with a business. I wouldn't. Um, I also, well, I was accepted as an Ethereum DevCon scholar. I wasn't going to turn down that opportunity, so I took the trip to Japan um, when I for in October 2019. I started the boot camp in August. I was on track, but I also was self-teaching a little bit, so I luckily, you know, I finished out the boot camp, but I didn't take them up on their job career opportunity anyway because I'm, you know, I was lucky enough to I've been I've been in the underpaid entrepreneurial role, so it's not like, you know, I really, you know, uh, I'm I was supposed to move to Austin on a loan. I'm still living with my mom right now, but I'm slated to move to Austin after I've gotten some independent freelancing contracts because I've been more in the entrepreneurial mode. I would have been more upset if I was going the traditional career route and I didn't dedicate my life over to becoming a blockchain developer in the end. So after the bootcamp, um, I'm glad that I didn't have to go the job hunting through the COVID because yeah, I had the issues with the mentors. And I I would say my tutors, like um, I, I think that like with the mentors, they, and from when I went through it, I think they upped the amount of calls you can take with the mentors there. That was a difficult thing was not having enough calls with the mentors and that they didn't know you personally enough as your tutor did. So I would say that was really the thing, but I believe that they've changed, um, that stuff now.
0: Okay, cool. How about you, Teresa?
3: Um, I, I was lucky to have a great mentor too. Uh, he actually graduated from the same program five years ago. So it was kind of interesting to hear his journey, um, to where he is today, where he's very successful now, but he, he's mostly in like, working in like the back end and I'm kind of geared more towards front end. So it, it was kind of nice actually to get that because the back end is where I really struggled and he was there to help me through all that, which was great. Um, he really, his big thing was like really helping me to talk at a high level, which is something that I really struggled about. Like, I, I, I suffer from imposter syndrome hugely. <laughs> so just being like confident enough to like speak technically was a huge issue for me, which he really helped a lot with. Um, and even now, I mean, I graduated in October. He's I have an interview coming up and he's doing a mock interview with me tomorrow. Like, so he's still a part of my life and very supportive and, you know, will do anything for me. So he's been a great contact to have in general. So I left out with him.
0: Sounds like a really good experience. Yeah. I hope every student gets that experience. That um, Okay, well, maybe we could dive into, like, the last part of it. Uh, what kind of, of job assistance do they provide? Do they continue providing that mentorship at the same level once you graduate? Um, what was that like after you graduated?
3: That probably is the same thing. It just depends on the mentor. <laughs> uh, sorry. <No. laughs> same answer, but... I mean, my, my career mentor is still working with me. I check in with her every two weeks. Um, she's did a mock interview with me last week. She's my biggest supporter. So it just, I think it just depends. Okay.
0: Pretty, uh, similar experiences. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, so once I finished the course in June and there's about two months there, I was trying to just, keep coding, keep learning. And um, she was willing to, my mentor was willing to hop on and kind of still critique uh, the things that I'm doing, like with my portfolio or things like that. So, um, and yeah, like Teresa said, it seems like it's um, per the mentor kind of willingness to, to continue after their contractual deadline is passed, you know, just kind of out of the goodness of their heart, they're going to either continue or not. Okay. Yeah. It seems like some really want to see you succeed. So I I think that career foundry has found, uh, you know, a lot of good mentors for that. uh, That just kind of have that mindset of wanting to see the people that they've been mentoring for the past eight months, um, find a job and succeed and kind of make a protege into a, a working <laughs> a professional,
0: yeah, and maybe maybe that's the key. They've been your mentor the entire time, and this is a long curriculum, and to be able to carry that mentor over. Um, hopefully, they were a good mentor. As long as they were a good mentor, carry that mentor over when you graduate. Um, it sounds like they're invested in you doing well. They probably care. They they really do. So that's good to hear. Um, what? Okay, so we talked about the mentors a lot we're gonna move on from that um, I, I think like I have a good feel for the application process and what this coding bootcamp is trying to attract uh, you know like I highly recommend anyone like really like I wouldn't recommend you apply for the job guarantee um, even just like you said it was five pages just what you listed to me I'm really skeptical so be willing to put that money aside and I think you're going to have a really um a good time it's going to be something that you don't really have to worry about because hunter as you talked about in some of your messages you know like the, a lot of like the promises they expect you or a lot of the stipulations for it is going to be added stress on top of a curriculum that you're already trying to comprehend and everything like that so you can't set money aside maybe that's the best way to go about this um, but then you talked about the mentors you know, like a good instructor, a good mentor can make or break a coding boot camp. So as long as they're willing to constantly provide that feedback to mentors and they're able to switch out a mentor that's really going to connect with you and that knows you and cares about you well, that just kind of syncs up with you. Um, and Teresa, you also mentioned this idea like, you know, my uh, my tutor was back end focus. I was front end focused. It actually supplemented me well. And maybe that's something they purposely did. I don't know. Uh, You don't think so?
3: No, I don't think so. Because I didn't know that until I was like halfway through
1: the program.
0: (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Um, Okay, so we talked about it. We summed everything up. um, And before we end off with that, what constructive criticism would you have for the coding boot camp? What would you want to see them improve? Feel free to take a minute to think about it.
3: I could say one thing off the top of my head. I, I don't think, I mean, debugging is such a big thing in this world. And I feel like they don't, they barely brush on how to use the different debugging tools. And like, um, I, I felt like my tutor kind of just expected me to know how to use everything. And he would get kind of upset with me if I didn't like figure it out on my own, but I, I, if they could go in, in more depth on that. I think that would be helpful.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, that's one I didn't even even think about. Uh, I was self-taught on that. Uh, yeah, I, and it seems like, you know, that might just be a, a for now kind of thing, but I, I really wish they went into more into functional React. Um, it was all class-based, if I remember correctly. Um, and that's, you know, it seems like the React development team is moving away from class- based development, uh, or like the class components, they're moving more into the react hooks and, um, functional, you know, considerations and it's a lot cleaner, a lot, a lot less code. So you know, it maybe next year they'll have that and that'll be great. Um, but it's just, it seemed like for 2020, you know, people are migrating to functional react and that seemed like a good next step for their curriculum.
0: I think that's a good suggestion. A lot of coding boot camps are lacking on that. A lot of coding boot camps are moving over and a lot of them are taking too long to do it. So I think that's really good advice. How about you, Nicole? Anything that comes to mind?
1: I would say probably the curriculum is the most thing is that they're trying to cram too much. Like um, I didn't like having to shove through TypeScript, especially if I'm not going to be, I, I'm I'm only considering TypeScript because of a new language that's coming out in smart contracting, but that's the only reason why. I want to make sure that I'm a master at a few languages or at least like, you know, frameworks. And so that's where I'm kind of like coming off. It's like, you know, I'm lucky enough to have had my business. The business is changing, so I I don't have the business right now. It's becoming something else and so i like i said i had i think that it's really the curriculum because i don't see i don't i didn't i i'm not really gonna use view as far i mean people use it but like i said it's like i'm gonna i'm actually taking another javascript boot camp like mini boot camp from like clever programmer because i want i bought javascript books and yeah you have to supplement because they're not going to go over everything. So I've spent like hundreds in books, like, and I got a JavaScript book that's like this thick, so I can really master it because I don't feel like I'm a master at it. But I also, like I said, I had competing priorities. I actually was able to focus on the bootcamp more than a student that was working at the time did. So I can say that I probably, like, I know that I can get a job but I had more time and I was in a different situation than somebody who was working at the time. And if I was working at the time, I don't know how the heck I would be job ready. <laughs> but I think that that's like any boot camp is that like uh, some of the most successful people from the boot camps, they're saying it's like, oh, you know, I put in like 60 to 80 hours a week. And that's really been the consistent story that I've seen. Otherwise, you're going to have to take months um, making sure that you learn your deficiencies. So. But otherwise, I think it's really the curriculum and where they placed things because it seemed kind of hodgepodge at sometimes. But it's not bad at all um, compared to like boot camps that um, that are just trying to maximize their profits and they don't invest in the curriculum at all and they just have the instructor, but then shuttle you to free resources.
0: Okay, how long is the curriculum? Self-paced, and I know that's a really stupid question, but if you were to do it 40 hours a week, how long would the curriculum be?
1: For me, if I didn't have the Ethereum DevCon Scholars thing and I didn't have the business, I probably would have finished it three months early because there's people who are up to pace and they finished the seven-month boot camp with the full-time in the, in about four or five months, I would have been there if I didn't have the competing priority. So that, okay. that was on me.
0: Okay. Four to five months. How if about, you're
1: up to par in doing like 60 to 80 hours a week.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Um, all right. What? So what, like seven months if you're doing it 40 hours?
1: Um, I, it was part time, I think, right. It was part time, seven months they expected um it was was an eight eight.
2: yeah i started in september and my deadline was like end of june i think so yeah around eight months or so okay
3: yeah I i did i i did mine started in may and it was supposed to end in december and i finished it like three months early but um i was able to devote like pretty much all of my time to it so i was able to finish a little early So, yeah, if you're working another job or if you have something else going on, it's it's hard.
0: (laughs) Okay, so part time around eight months, Teresa, you finished it a little bit early because you dedicated all of your time into it. It sounds like it's longer than a lot of other coding boot camps. And it also sounds like, you know, people are coming out of it without feeling like feeling like it was too much information, feeling like it was too much to retain. And that's the feeling that I'm getting from your descriptions. So we had talked about like maybe view, tossing view out, tossing Angular out. If you had to start tossing parts of this curriculum out, what would you want them to focus more on? So you felt more confident about what you were retaining coming out of it.
1: I would probably say they need more focus on Node.js, GitHub, uh, react i didn't like how i liked react just itself but not react native um i would say javascript that's really it. you just i would think more of the basics i mean i get it that like you know they want you to touch on certain stuff like they touched on postgres like SQL. i really like that because you're going to need to know how to play with it for like a week or so but otherwise, I just think that, like, there was a lot of stuff that was just, um, it was just too much because I don't want to be a jack of all trades and a master of none. And that's the problem that I've, because we do touch on Linux in the course, too, and stuff. And the Linux has been helpful because, um, you know, I was able to be, like, after the boot camp, I was able to just take, like, a three-month break. My brain was fried, self-studying eight months before but the Linux part with the Ubuntu helped me go into the other program. And I will say this, um, Germany is really good with tech. So I think that overall, even though I have some gripes about where their curriculum is at with some things, it's still better than a lot of other boot camps. And you also have, it's like an international boot camp, all, all students from all over the world. So there's more diversity and you're not locked in to of a language like in, in milwaukee they'll teach you stuff that's to the local tech stack and milwaukee is behind like silicon valley and all these other emerging tech places it depends on where you're at so i'll give them that too
0: okay so you felt interesting it feels like they lean stronger on the front end than they do the back end okay that seems to be uh that seems to be like just listening to everyone's story where they lean towards. Now, it's advertised as full stack. And Nicole, you had mentioned that you don't want to be a jack of all trades. So you didn't really like diving into Postgres. You get that they were exposing you to it. Um, does that sound oh, I
1: like I like Postgres. OK, I didn't like some of the other stuff like TypeScript and
0: gotcha. all the other
1: stuff like Angular, because I know one's being deprecated. I think there's a version of Angular that's already deprecated already. OK.
0: All right. Um, it So most coding boot camps that advertise as full stack are usually stronger on the back end, weaker on the front end. And so this is one that's stronger on the front end and it sounds like they're lacking in getting you more comfortable with node getting you more comfortable with ORMs or anything connecting to the database and maybe ex- like if if this is this long of a coding bootcamp. I'm surprised. Like if I did to toss angular and view out, I would bring in like connecting, uh, like Mongoose and Mongo or, um, like I'm, I'm personally a fan of like, if you're a new developer, learn relational databases, understand how data connects and then dive into like a non-relational database. So, so maybe a, like,
2: they did have Mongoose and, and models and MongoDB and linking it in with express. I mean, it was a whole Mern full stack, um, so there was a, quite a bit of a back end uh, for sure.
0: So uh, would you say that they you felt more comfortable coming out with like being a stronger front end developer than you were a back end developer?
2: Uh, yeah, I definitely cuz I liked front end more. I mean, I think I just okay. focused on that more on my on the side or you know, like you said you could like most people are saying you're not going to come out being job ready, so I focused a lot more on the front end, but you know, I was still making full stack apps with, with Mern, you know, yeah, like full, like the whole range in terms of you'd have express in there. And um, yeah, we'd be running with node and then we have mongoose models coming in from MongoDB. So we use like Atlas, I think it was called. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I was like copying and pasting a lot of that when I was trying to make my own apps. Um, But so, yeah, I wouldn't be able to branch out comfortably with just the knowledge from career foundry you know I, I had to learn a lot more on the job and um things like that so
0: would you feel confident that you were ready for a back-end developer position no professional no
2: no 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 okay yeah and it's that's a stretch for sure i mean if it was just like express and mongoose and MongoDB, like those kind of models in between then maybe but you know anything yeah, you know, I did a lot of SQL at my at my job before this. I mean, that's kind of an unfair advantage, but um, so I, I know SQL pretty well, but they really lightly went over that in the Career Foundry course.
0: Okay. Okay, so it's more front-end focused with what you come out of. Like they can advertise full stack all they want, but in my opinion, and I... I don't know if I said this before. I probably said this before. I don't believe in like a true full stack developer. Every developer specializes in the front end or the back end, every developer that I've met. And so maybe that's a good thing. You know, like it sounds like they're not uh, when you get like a full stack position, for example, in Chicago, um, a lot of. Like people in Chicago, um, well, it depends. But like maybe a city like Chicago wants stronger back end software engineers where Career Foundry is a little bit more like spread out in trying to prepare you for jobs around the world, not just the United States, and that's very different. And so, you know, whatever like if they chose to focus more on the front end, you know, I'm trusting that they did their research to say, like, you're gonna be more marketable across the world for this. So, um, I have to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I do agree that like maybe they need to find different things to supplement, even if it's diving back into the fundamentals instead of you learning three different frameworks versus just one framework. Because I have a strong opinion. You just need to learn one um, and you can pick up any other framework. React is probably, I mean, Angular is more of a full-fledged framework, but I, I think like if you learn React, you're easily going to be able to learn Vue and you're going to be able to pick up. Uh, angular just fine so all right i i feel like that's a pretty good summary um and you know keep in mind i i really like i dug into it i'm going to continue doing it for every episode i dug into a lot of things that kind of like brought up yellow and red flags in my head because i want people to be aware of this and i believe every coding boot camp they should, um every student should be able to go to the coding bootcamp that serves them in their career goals, their personality, and they need to be able to have all of the questions lined up. Like if I'm cautious about these things, maybe some other people shouldn't be cautious about it. Maybe that's not their priorities, but I want them to have this information so they can pick the best coding bootcamp. That's why I challenge this so much. So um overall, it sounds like you had pretty good experiences, different goals. is interesting seeing you align that. Um So... This is a good summary. If we had to give like one final piece of advice for aspiring developers, what would we say? Or maybe even like give an advice to your old self, like eight months ago. What would it be?
3: I would say um, when it. Well, this is just when it comes down to, co- to picking your coding boot camp. I think you know everyone learns differently. Some people are visual learners. Some people need. Um, to, to be taught in person some people need like an actual instructor. instructor so that's huge like if you're really self-motivated and you like doing things and giving yourself goals and stuff then this is a great course for you but if you're someone who really needs someone giving you deadlines and and saying you have this assignment due on this day blah 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 then this course would probably not be a good fit
0: <laughs> okay that's really good feedback yeah I, I know I'm putting you on the spot. You didn't have time to prepare any of these
1: answers. So.
2: Yeah. And. Hate to like. Go on, on this trope that, you know, boot camps are only a start, but it really is like it. You got to be willing to like, as soon as you're done, keep going every day. Think of what I liked to career founder at the end said, what are some three apps you want to make? you know, as a final thing is like, what kind of three apps would you be interested in making? And as soon as I finished up the course, it's like, why don't I just start making one of those? And, you know, you, you learn a whole bunch, you, you try a different framework. I, I tried Gatsby just to like, try something new and, you know, be willing to learn new things. And like, it's only going to make your <laughs> development skills better. Like, don't just stop at, at the end of the, of the camp. Be like, all right, I'm ready to go. No, you got to, keep learning, keep pushing to GitHub, get those commits. Like, you know, just, um, you know, be a stack
0: overflow expert. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. How about you, Nicole?
1: I would agree with what they both said and I would kind of figure out. So I knew that career foundry was the right camp for me was because of the tech stack. I wanted something that was more Silicon Valley friendly or, you know, startup friendly, you know, MERN mean um other boot camps. Um yeah, I would say that they're definitely not heavy on back end. So I I wouldn't recommend Career Foundry if you want to be a heavy backend developer. There's other boot camps that are better for that. Like I was looking at other ones, but the price range was my real issue. So it's like if you want to be good, make sure that like you're investing in books, you're investing in mini courses. And you definitely know how to self-direct and lead your own time because this is, you know, based out of Berlin, they are international. You're, you're not going to be totally left, you know, to your own devices and abandoned, but yeah, I would say that.
0: Okay. All really good feedback. I appreciate that.
1: Well, and to pig-
3: piggyback on what Henter said, I think that's a huge thing is I think a lot of the boot camps kind of, when you're first looking, they kind of promote, Oh, if you do this boot camp, you're going to be ready to go. Your life is set. Your career has been changed, but it's like, it's, it's such a process and you, you kind of have to be prepared for that and for it to take so much longer. I mean, getting the first job is just near impossible. <laughs> so that's something they that I get, I guess they don't really tell you at the beginning, just like how, how difficult it is and how committed you have to be to continuing learning and to really be passionate about it. Cause if you're not, it's just, it's going to be real hard.
0: I think that's really good advice. Um, like I said, I wouldn't recommend expecting to get a position currently, uh, before six months after you graduate the coding bootcamp. And, um, I think that's a really realistic deadline. And I, I mentor so many people, I feel bad, but like, they almost gave up everything to like try to become a developer in like three months on their own. And it's like, I think sometimes we have these unrealistic expectations. And I think that's really important that we even understand, even with a coding bootcamp that you put thousands into once you graduate, it's a full-time job, just trying to get a job. It's And it can be draining and stressful and discouraging and like really get that imposter syndrome to be very loud in your head. Um, and so, and trust me, you're not alone with that. Many, many developers go through that. So all really good advice. I think that's a really good place to end with. Uh, let's do our outros. Uh, hunter, if people want to reach out to you, where could they reach you?
2: Uh, Yeah, just email. I guess my email is hunter, H-U-N-T-E-R, 547 at Gmail.
0: Okay. Um, how about you, Teresa?
3: Uh, my portfolio website, teresalofman.com or on LinkedIn is probably the best.
0: Sounds good. How about you, Nicole?
1: To reach me on Twitter, I am crypto. This is all underscore crypto underscore maven on Twitter. All underscore. Not, not all underscore. Sorry, all. What was it? Lowercase. And then on Instagram, it's all lowercase crypto maven. And then my portfolio website is crypto maven. Dot co.
0: Okay, perfect. Thanks, Nicole. Um, all right, that's it. Stick around for a couple minutes afterwards, but uh, this is a really good episode. It, like I said, this feels more front end focused. Um, I would, I would dive into um, like even the things that I brought up. I would just bring it up to the advisors. Uh, these are just questions, right? Have them answer these questions. And I think what's important is any good coding bootcamp, whatever their trade-offs are, they will sit down and talk with any prospect student and make sure that your goals, your career actually aligns with it because they don't want a bad reputation. They don't want you to just, just take your money and leave reviews. Reviews are everything. Um, so talk to the advisor if you have any concerns, but, um, this is kind of a unique coding bootcamp in that it seems to advertise for like all places in the world, not just the United States, because we do a lot of U.S. ones. Uh, see if you like it. And uh, if you do decide to sign up, uh, actually comment below. Let me know. And uh, I kind of want to follow your journey and, and see how it goes for you. But Hunter, Teresa, Nicole, thanks so much for joining me. It was a pleasure hearing your experiences and getting to meet you. Thank
2: you. everything done.